Hello and welcome everybody to another Tuesday teaching. Today the topic is titled, To Know Him. And today we're going to be talking about a very important topic, knowing Jesus personally, intimately, with a relationship. Everything that you need to have for the rest of your life is in this message, to know Him. To know Him. So welcome everybody as you're all jumping on. I see we got people on Facebook, we have people hopping on on Instagram. Welcome everybody, thank you for hopping on. It's going to be a great message tonight. It's just going to be from the Word of God, and it's going to be fire, because the Holy Spirit brings the fire. It's nothing I have to do with it, but it's the Holy Spirit coming and working in every heart. So I encourage you, you have time to hear the Word of God tonight. You have time. You've made time for other things. Now make time for God today and listen into what's going on. It's not going to be a super long live, so you don't have to worry about that. But we're going to hit on something very important and you're going to want to stick around for it. So we're going to be talking about to know him, right? You see the title, you know the title. That's why you hopped on. Maybe you're watching afterwards to know him. What does that mean? What does that look like? We're going to talk about that tonight. And that's really why God created humanity from the very beginning in the garden. God walked with them. They talked with him in the morning. They knew God as their Lord, their provider, their protector, their father. And that's what God has always wanted for his children, for you and I, for those who call on the name of the Father, who know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. He wants to know us, and he wants us to know him. He knows us perfectly already. He knows who are his, and he knows our hearts, minds, wills, emotions. He knows everything we do, everything we've done, everything we will do. But we need to know him. That should be our desire. He knows us, He loves us, but do we know Him and do we love Him for who He truly is? Do we know Him more than just the basic facts, like the facts of the Word? It's good to know the Word because you know Jesus if you know the Word, but is it really a, a relationship with the Word? Or is it just knowledge, right? And it's weird to talk about knowing Jesus and talking about the knowledge of Him because it's kind of two different things. And so we're going to get into that tonight. So let's start with a word of prayer, and then we'll hop right into the word. We're going to start in Philippians 3, verses 7 through 10, but let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, and we thank you that you've made it available to us to know you. Our creator, our protector, our father, our friend, our everything. You are everything to us, Lord. You are worthy of it all. You are worth everything. You are worth all of our time, all of our devotion, all of our attention, all of our affection. You are worthy, Jesus. We lift you up. We lift up the name of Jesus tonight. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, come and do a work in us. Use the word of God, which is your sword, to cut to the deepest part of us. Cut to the deepest part of us. This word is alive and active. It's not just facts about things that happened a long time ago, although that's what it is, but it's alive and active. It's alive and active. It never dies out. It never loses its effect, and it never comes back void. So we thank you, Lord, and we praise you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Let's start in Philippians 3, verses 7 through 10. This is going to be our main passage for tonight, Philippians 3, 7 through 10. We're going to look at many others, but this is going to be the main one that I want to hit on because this is where this phrase, to know him, comes from. And this is the Apostle Paul telling, or writing to the church in Philippi. This is what he has to say. We're going to read it in the New King James first, and then we'll read it in the Amplified because that just gets so much deeper. 
but verse 7 through 10, let's go. But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, that I may know him, that I may know him. This is Paul's cry, that I may know him. I've lost all of these things. I've not counted myself righteous because of the law. I've given it all up. I've counted it all as garbage, trash, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. All right, that was the New King James Version. We're going to go straight to the Amplified because it just gets that much better. I love the Amplified Bible. I like going deep in the Word, right? That 7 through 10 in the New King James is good enough, but I think it gets better. So let's read. Let's just break it down. Let's take it slow. Philippians 3, 7 through 10. This is our main passage tonight. Okay. But whatever former things I had that might have been gained to me, I have come to consider as one combined loss for Christ's sake. So Paul is saying here, that all things I could gain, all things I had gained, all things I had on earth. And Paul had a lot of things. When he was Saul, right, because he wasn't always Paul, he was Saul and he persecuted Christians. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He probably was pretty well off. But he said, I've counted all of these things to be nothing. I've counted them all as loss to gain Christ for Christ's sake. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, surpassing worth, and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding Him more fully and clearly. For His sake I have lost everything and consider it all. Let's just go back because this is insane, right? Paul says, I've counted it all loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, and the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Is this how you view your relationship with Jesus? Is this how you relate, like, is this how you see Jesus? Do you see him as your everything? The supreme advantage the preciousness of knowing him, the priceless privilege, the supreme advantage, the surpassing worth, is that how you see Jesus? And this is convicting me as well because it's great to encounter him. It's great to know his word. It's great to have all of these things, but do you know him? When uh, Jesus was finishing up his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7 11, he said that there would be those in that last day Right, the judgment seat of Christ that would come up to him and said, Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We prophesied in your name. And Jesus is going to say to them, get away from me, for I do not know you. If you don't take the time to know Jesus, then you have known nothing. If you don't know him, if that's not your one and only goal, if that's not your one pursuit, because all of these other things, the tongues, the prophecy, the casting out of demons everything else comes 
from this relationship. There's power in the name of Jesus, right? There were people who casted out demons in the name of Jesus, yet they didn't even follow. They didn't even believe, but they just thought it was fun to say things in the name of Jesus because there's power in his name. But do you know him? Do you have relationship with him? Have you become one with him as he is one in the Father? His discourse in John 17. Is it a priceless possession for you? Is it a privilege, a preciousness, a worth? Is there an advantage? Have you found that in your life? To know him more deeply and intimately, to progressively becoming. I'm not saying you need to know everything about him and you need to, well, I am saying you need to throw your life into Jesus' hands. That's what I'm, I'm going to say that. Yeah, you need to do that. I'm not going to make any excuses for you not to do that because that's the greatest privilege. That's the greatest price. That's the greatest reward you'll ever gain. Progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving, recognizing, understanding him more fully and clearly. Right? That's what it means to know him. We're talking about knowing him, not just knowing about him, not just knowing what he did, not just knowing what he said, but knowing him as a personal relationship, right? And we're going to give you some examples of how we can see that in our own life today because it's, it's kind of hard to imagine it, right? We're here on earth and Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. His spirit is with us and in us, right? And we, we mostly encounter Jesus by the Holy Spirit because he's the one here on earth. Right? So there's this bit of a disconnect, but there's still this opportunity to know him. All right. Progressively becoming more deeply, intimately acquainted with him, perceiving, recognizing, understanding him more fully and clearly, not tripping over him, not taking, oh, okay, this is how I'm going to, but truly studying, truly getting to know him, truly spending time with him. For his sake, I've lost everything and consider it all mere rubbish in order that I may win Christ. I've given up everything. That's what Paul is saying. I've given it all up. I've counted all his loss. I've, it's all trash. All my possessions, all of my accolades, everything that people could say about me, it's all garbage. I want to just know him so that I may win him, that I may gain him, that in that day I may be known by him. And I may actually be found and known as in him. Not having any self-achieved righteousness, not trying to prove myself in any way to anybody else or even to prove myself to Jesus, but simply having faith in him. Not based on obedience to the law's demand, ritualistic uprightness, supposed right standing with God, but possessing that genuine righteousness which only comes through faith in Christ. The truly right standing with God which comes from God by saving faith. It only comes by faith. Right? And it just takes the faith of a mustard seed. Honestly, to know Jesus, the things in life that we believe for, we believe for provision, protection, all of these other things, that takes a lot more faith. But just to know Jesus, honestly, doesn't take that much faith. It just takes time, effort, just like a normal relationship. Right? We'll just get into this now. If you're going to try to get to know somebody, if you're going to date somebody, to, to marry them, right? Because that's why we date. Then you're going to want to know them. You're going to want to get to know them, right? And it's a continual thing. People who just get married don't know everything about the other person. And 30 years into marriage, they don't know everything about the other person. But as they spend more and more time with them, they get to know them more and more deeply, more intimately, right? And the relationship might change and it might, yeah, things might happen. But through those things, if they're committed to knowing the other person, to loving the other person, they're going to know them more deeply, fully, 
And that's what it is with Jesus, right? I'm not saying you have to know everything about him. You have to have this crazy, I don't know. I don't know how I'm trying to say this. I'm just saying you need to know him and you need to pursue him, right? As guys pursue women and even right relationships work that way where you pursue one another, you need to be pursuing Jesus. He's already pursuing you. He's already pursuing you. So why not pursue him? Not why throw your whole heart as he's already given you his whole heart. All right. For my determined purpose, this is Paul's determined purpose. Through all of his travels, all of his preaching, all of his teaching, all of his signs, wonders, miracles, this is his determined purpose. My determined purpose is that I may know him. Right? The same thing. Progressively become more deeply, intimately equated with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection which it exerts over believers and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed into his likeness even into his death that if possible I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead even while in the body G- or Paul is saying here that I want to know Jesus so much that I want to fellowship in his sufferings I want to know what it was like for him to suffer for his own name, for his own sake, right? I'm willing to give it all up to know him. The wonders of his person, the wonders of his person. There's so many things about Jesus, right? That's that's the amazement of that Jesus was the word made flesh. Jesus is the word of God. And there's so much in the word. There's so much that reveals Jesus. Every book of the Bible reveals Jesus. It's all about him. He's the son of God. He's the son of man. And just to know him. Just to know him. Just to know him. The wonders of his person. And I knew I was going to cry at some point in this life, so I'm sorry about that. Just to know him. Just to know him. I don't know such a hard thing to relay and it's it's something that you have to do i can't do it for you no pastor can do it for you no evangelist no apostle no no somebody can lay hands upon you to receive a relationship with jesus you might receive a spiritual gift you might receive a word of knowledge you might receive this you might receive that but nobody can impart their relationship with god with you Nobody can do that. It's it's up to you. It's up to me to know him. All right. Let's go to the next passage. John 17, verse 3. These next ones we're not going to spend as much time on, but they're just as important and they're just as critical. This one is so powerful. And it's simple to understand, but it's, it's kind of mind-blowing. John 17, verse 3. This is what it says. This... This is Jesus speaking, and he's talking about himself in the third person, which is kind of strange, but also kind of cool. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Right? Just as we talked about before for Matthew 7, verse 11, that those who did all these things in Jesus' name, but they didn't know him, they lost everything because they didn't get eternal life. They didn't get to spend the rest of life, the rest of their eternity with Jesus. And what does Jesus say right here? He says, this is eternal life, to know me, to know me, to be with me, is to have eternal life, 
to know the only true God and to know Jesus Christ. That's it. That's eternal life. So often we look at Christianity as punching our ticket to heaven. And it's not about that. It's about knowing him. It's about being with him. It's about going back to the garden. It's, uh, it's Genesis to Revelation. Genesis begins with Adam and Eve, mankind, in the garden, walking with God in perfection. He saw it all and he said it was good. And then he saw humanity and he said it was very good. And he walked with us and he talked with us and he loved us. And all of the rest of it is getting back to the garden. All of the rest of it is getting back to Revelation 20. Is it 22 chapters or 23? Something like that. But the last chapter in Revelation, back to perfection, back to the new heaven, the new earth. And you and I walking with Jesus again, knowing him is eternal life. All right, that's John 17, verse 3. Next one, Psalm 103, verse 7. Psalm 103, verse 7. This is one of my favorite psalms. And there's so much in this psalm, but this is just what goes with what we're talking about tonight. And it says this, He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. Right? And just reading through this, we think, okay, he made his ways known to Moses, and he made his acts known to the children of Israel. But there's such a difference between knowing his ways and just knowing what he's done, right? That's what I want to push through here. This is what I want to break through here on this life. That I just don't I don't just don't want to know his acts. I just don't want to hear the stories. I want to know him. I want to know his ways. I know what I want to know what he likes. I want to know what he dislikes. I know I want to know him. I want to know him, right? I don't know how many times I'm going to say that on this live, but I want to know him. Okay? And that's the difference here. That's the difference between your basic Christian and you're in love Christian. You know his ways. You know who he is. You have a relationship with him. You laugh with him. You cry with him. You, you long for him. That's what it is to know him. To know his ways. And there's a difference, right? If you read through Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right? Where you see Moses' story with the children of Israel. Moses walked with God. He talked with God. Um, what did God say about him? I don't know. There's just some really very deep things that the Lord said about Moses. And Moses was a picture of Jesus to come, right? Because Moses even prophesied that there was going to be another prophet like him, and he's referring to Jesus, who would lead all of the children of Israel, right? And that's what Moses did coming out of Egypt, coming out of slavery, coming out of sin, right? And so Moses knew God. He was the only one who was allowed to go up to the mountain face to face and see God pass by. And he knew God. He saw him. He knew him. He met with him in the tent of meeting. That's what the tabernacle was called. That was another name for the tabernacle where Moses met with God, the tent of meeting, where he went in to meet God. And we know now that Jesus tore the veil. He tore the veil of that tabernacle, of that temple. And now He's come to live within us. The Holy of Holies, the Holy Spirit now lives within us. The fire, the cloud, the glory of God now dwells within us. We are temples of the Holy Spirit and we are to know him, right? Instead of now coming into his presence, he's come to live within us and that presence needs to come out of us. It can't just stay within. We can't just know him and operate from up here in our relationship with Jesus. It needs to bubble up. Jesus said, rivers of living water 
would flow from their innermost spirit, from their innermost being, right? And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. It says that right after. Okay, so we need to know his ways. We can't just know his acts. We can't just know the stories. We need to know him. We need to know his ways. All right, what's next? 2 Peter 1, verses 1 through 4. There's benefits to knowing him, right? Honestly, just to know him is enough. But because we know him, there's things that happen. And we're just going to read, just for the sake of time, uh, verse 2 and 3 of 2 Peter 1. Verse 2 and 3 of 2 Peter 1. This is what Peter says, right? So we've, we've had three, four different authors here already, right? We had Paul say, I, I give up everything to know him. We've had Jesus say, eternal life is to know me. And we've had whoever wrote Psalm 103, I'm going to assume David, but it could have been somebody else, say that we need to know his ways, not just his acts. Now Peter, the fourth, right? And we're going to get to the fifth, Jeremiah. But the, fifth, the fourth is Peter, and this is what he says. May grace and peace, perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears and agitating passion and moral conflicts, right? So this, right? All of this, all of the, what I just said, peace, right? This overwhelming definition of peace, perfect well-being, necessary good, spiritual prosperity, freedom from fear and passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things. His divine power has bestowed upon us all things to life and godliness through the full and personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. All right, so these two verses will change your life. But what is it saying? It's saying through knowing God and Jesus, grace and peace are multiplied to us. And his divine power gives us all things required for life and godliness. So just by knowing God, just by having a relationship, right? It says in here that it's a personal relationship. It's not just knowing about him, right? That doesn't change anything. Knowing the facts about somebody's life doesn't change anything in your heart about them. You can know all the facts about Abraham Lincoln, but you're not going to fall in love with Abraham Lincoln because you haven't met him. You haven't spent time with him. You don't actually know him. You just know what he did and you know what he said. And you know, that's about it. You know what he did and you know what he said, right? You read history books and you know what people said and did, but you didn't talk to them. You didn't meet with them. You didn't hear their whole story. There might be biographies, but you didn't walk through it with them. And you didn't talk through it with them. And you didn't spend time with them. And so you don't really know them. You just know about them. And that's the same thing with God. All right? And through these things, just by knowing him, grace is multiplied to us. Peace is multiplied to us. If you will just stay in the presence of Jesus, if you'll just dwell in the presence of the Holy Spirit, if you'll have fellowship with him, grace will be multiplied to you. Peace will be multiplied to you. By his divine power, he will give us all things that require that are required for life and godliness. So through knowing him, we acquire all things we need for life and godliness through his power, and grace and peace are multiplied to us. Just a few of the things, right, that come from knowing him. All right, now let's go to Jeremiah 5, ver or chapter 9, for our fifth author on why we should know God. Of course, we know that the Holy Spirit has authored all things. 
but he used different people to get this message across. So I'm going to get to these comments in just a second, but I just want to finish this real quick. Jeremiah 9, verses 23 through 24. And it says this, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise men glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. And as I was reading this, the Lord is just speaking to me. He says, look at the world. Look at the world. Look at the people in the world, the high-ranking people, right? The celebrities, the people who are well-known, the Elon Musk, the, I don't know, I got to be careful who I say here, the Bill Gates, right? The the rich men, the mighty men, right? The LeBron James, the strong people, right? Who's the strongest man in the world? I have no idea. But those people, what do they glorify? They glorify in themselves, right? The wise men, the wise men, Elon Musk, he thinks he's very wise, right? He started all these companies, made a lot of money. They glo He glories in his wisdom. Let the mighty man glory in his, let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, right? Because all of these things, are like chasing the wind. If you're a big Ecclesiastes fan, that's what that says all the time. But God says this. This is what the Lord says. Let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. That he understands and knows me. There's one thing to glory in this life, and it's that I know Jesus. I know Jesus. I boast in Jesus. Paul wrote in other places that I boast and nothing else. I could boast in all of these things, but I only boast in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. To know him and his cross, to preach the cross and him crucified. That's what I boast in. That's what I'm proud of. That's what I want to know. That's who I want to know. And that's what, what God himself says through the prophet Jeremiah. Do not glory in the things of this world. Don't glory in riches. Don't glory in your own strength. Right? Whether that's physical, whatever. Right? Don't glory in yourself. Don't glory in the things of this world. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Right? And what do we need to know about the Lord? What are some things that he lists here? That I am the Lord. That I am God, first of all, right? Exercising loving kindness. Judgment. Judgment. So if we know God... We also need to know his judgment, right? Doesn't sound super nice, but that's who he is. That's who he is. I just saw something on Instagram today, something about, um, it says in the word one time that God is love. And there's 40 times where it says God is holy. Right? Or it, I think it was for every one time that it said God is love, it says that God is holy. So what does that say? The Bible focuses more on God's holiness than it does on him, him being love. And we know God loves. We know, we know that God is love, right? Because that's what the Word says. But even more than that, He's holy. He exercises judgment, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. 
right? Oh, there's so many passages that come to mind when you read these things, right? And this is what it says in the Amplified. Let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me personally and practically. To know God personally and practically. Directly discerning and recognizing my character. Discerning and recognizing the character of God, right? Just from like Psalm 103. Knowing his ways. Practically and personally knowing him. That I am the Lord who practices loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight. So if we're going to know God, we're going to know what he delights in. And he delights in judgment. Injustice, right? That's another word for judgment. Injustice. Not injustice, but injustice. He delights in justice. Okay? Loving kindness, righteousness. Right? So if we need to know, if we're going to know anything here on earth, it's not to know riches. It's not to know wisdom. It's not to know might or strength or political power it's to know god personally and practically directly discerning the things that he loves all right and we're going to finish it off by going back to philippians to know him right let me see if i can find philippians my brain is melting here all right to know him right and we've talked about this already but what does it really mean to know somebody, right? We could say, let's use the example of a political leader, like a president, the president who's in office right now. You might know things about him. You might see him on the news a lot, but you do not know him. You're not his wife. You're not his children. You don't know him, but you know about him, right? So there's this deep knowing of Jesus, right? And Paul talks about, giving everything up, counting it all as garbage just to know him? Are you willing to give up those things that have gotten in the way of you knowing Jesus? Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's a sport that you're in. Maybe it's something that just consumes all your time. Maybe it's even um, schooling, education. Whatever it is for you that you've set your mind to do, have you set your mind just as much on knowing him, on knowing Jesus? on spending time with him, growing in relationship with him. That's the only thing that's going to last forever is your knowledge of Jesus. You're knowing him. Your relationship with him. Right? What, is, what does it say here? Progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly that I may in the same way Come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, to know him deeply, intimately, all of these things, right? There's nothing else. There's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to do. So I just want to close out this live, or just like I was saying before, there's there's many things in the word of God that are amazing and awesome, like the spiritual gifts and the, you guys know that we preach and we talk about these things and we're not, not afraid to talk about it. And, uh, but there's nothing more important than knowing him. Because knowing him, right, we talked about this when we went to Second Peter, brings everything else. To know him is all you need. Because when you know him, he provides everything else you would need. Grace and peace. Everything required for life and godliness comes from knowing him. Deeply, personally. So I challenge you today and I challenge myself to know him more deeply. Progressively becoming 
more and more deeply and intimately acquainted with him right take that step today take it tomorrow make sure you never stop walking in his ways right and i've come to learn this that if you're not pursuing jesus if you're not knowing him more and more then you're walking in an opposite direction and so you need to come back to him today if you've been wandering away or if you've just been nonchalantly reading through your bible and you haven't been knowing him you haven't been spending time just sitting in his presence asking the holy spirit to come and refresh you right being in the presence of those who are also pursuing him that's a big one right that's going to really help you is being with those who want to know him right and and people can't give it to you but they can push you you can have a good christian community there's people out there and so you need to pursue that as well all right all right i'm going to read through some comments here and then we're going to pray i know that there were some people on here right away that were asking how do I give my life to Christ? And we're going to have that opportunity here in just a second. So if that's you, if you don't know Jesus and you want to know him more tonight, if you want to take that step tonight or if you've never given your life to Jesus, put an emoji hand in the comments or say, I need to know him. I want to know him. I want to know him deeper. Even if you're giving your life to Christ, we're going to pray. This, this will be saved on IGTV. So you can go back and watch it. It's going to be on our YouTube. It'll be on our Facebook. Go follow us there. We need to know him. All right. I'm not seeing a ton of questions. So we'll just go right into prayer. Thank you, everybody who stayed on. Ava for commenting. Luis. Thank you, everybody. Let's go into some prayer and we're just going to we're just going to lay our hearts before the Lord. I'm going to pray, but I want you to pray as well. Pray from your heart. Confess with your mouth and pray with your heart right now. We're going to give Jesus all the glory. We're going to ask that we might know him more and more and more. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. I just say we love you, Jesus. We want to know you, Jesus. We don't want to just know about you. We want to know you. We want to know you, Jesus. That there's nothing more worthwhile than knowing you. That we count it all as loss. We give everything else as up just for this one thing. To know you. To know you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and fill us with the knowledge of Christ. Not just the, just we want to experience you, Holy Spirit. We want to know you. We want to be filled with your presence, your goodness. We want to walk in your ways. We want to have conversation with you. We want to hear your voice. We want to know you, Jesus. We want to know you. We want to know you. We thank you, Lord. One of the verses that I didn't have written down to go through is from John 10 and it says this I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by them Lord you said that you know your sheep you know those who are yours there's no faking it we can't fake it till we make it with you we can't put on a face with you you see our hearts you don't look at our outward appearance you don't look at our words even 
you look at our hearts, you look at our thoughts, you know our minds, you know those who are hit are yours. And so Lord, remove that veil in front of us that says we can hide things from you. We can we can just fake it till we make it into heaven. It doesn't work like that. We want to know you. You said that your sheep are known by you. And we get to know you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that you've torn the veil, that you've come to live in us, that we might know you, that this is eternal life, to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom was sent into the world. So I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. I'm happy with that. And this is, I've said this already like twice, but this is something that I can't give to you. I can't impart to you. I can't pray into you. This is something that you need to do. You need to focus on. You need to give time and, and effort into. And so do it. Know him. He wants to know you. He wants to be known by you. And so that's what that's what we're going to do. Make the commitment today. I'm going to know him. I'm going to know him. That I'm not going to focus on all these external things. But I'm going to know him. So just before we go, we're going to go through some ways you can give. If you were touched by the message, if you want to give into the gospel. Just this past weekend, we saw over 20 people give their life to the Lord for the first time or rededicate their life. And we saw people get healed. We saw people get delivered of evil spirits. And we saw the presence of God come and fill a tent full of 400 people. And so this is what we're doing. We're going out. We're not just doing these lives. We're not just sitting in this chair. We're going out. We're preaching the gospel. People are being saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. And so if you'd like to partner with us in that mission, right? It says that those who give to those who preach the gospel specifically it says to the to, to the prophet those who provide for the prophet receive a prophet's reward so just as we're going out if you'll fund the mission to go out and whether it's us or whether it's another group hey brady whether it's us or whether it's another group right to fund the gospel is to share in the reward of the souls that are saved the the things that happen there so i encourage you if you've never given to us or into any other ministry you should start giving right it's commanded of us in the word um, i'm just going to read them now for the instagram you can go to wearelivinglove.org and there's ways to give on there i would probably just recommend that wearelivinglove.org we have information on there about all of us you can hear my testimony you can hear anybody else's on the page's testimony otherwise we have cash app dollar sign we are living loved paypal at we are living loved or you can text Give G I V E to eight five five seven six zero two two four one, and those are the ways you can give. Sorry, I got all like bright and shining. I don't know if the glory of the Lord has fallen upon me right now, but I can't get out of my comments and I can't adjust the lighting. So we'll just say it's the glory of the Lord. And I'm not sure what happened to the camera on our live stream here. But if you can still hear me, I love you guys. Thank you for joining.
and we'll see you next week on Tuesday.